it is necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line between investigating and persecuting is a very fine one. The investigators tell us it seems the suspect was going to pass them, then turned and fired. Christine, Laura, what you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations. Arise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. And I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow and that the Russians taped it and have leverage over him. Hello. Before we get started with the show, I wanted to talk to you about uh, something that's near and dear to my heart, and that is sleep. I travel a great deal. I travel all around the world. I just got back from Kiev, crossing the Moldovan border. And the thing I always look forward to is getting back to my uh, king-size bed with my MyPillow mattress topper installed on the top. Now, I like a firm mattress because uh, I have back problems from uh, a long time ago uh, playing sports in high school. I love my firm mattress with the MyPillow mattress topper on top. You get the firmness, but also it's like sleeping on a firm cloud. I really can't explain it, but it is the most comfortable sleep I have ever experienced in my life, and I can't wait to get back to it every time I travel. If you go to MyPillow right now with promo code CDM, you can get a 50% discount on the mattress toppers. Uh, my Lindell is giving out amazing discounts right now. Um, get them while they last. Use promo code CDM at MyPillow.com and get the MyPillow mattress topper, the best sleep you will ever experience. Thank you very much. Now on to our guest. Welcome back to Information Operation. Uh, we are starting a series on the military officers and enlisted as well who have been impacted by the vaccine mandates and DOD. Uh, we're starting today with Rob Green. He's a United States Naval officer. Welcome, Rob, to the show. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So, look, you have quite a story to tell, and you've been in one of the, the, the spearheads of, of really getting the information out to the other military members of, of what they actually can do to fight this vaccine mandate. So can you just give us the overview of your situation and we'll dig deeper from there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, thank you for having me, Todd. Uh, it's an honor to be with you. And for all of those that are also fighting this uh, unlawfulness, uh, thank you for continuing the fight. Uh, so uh, quick background, Naval Academy guy. And I, re I remember hearing uh, that you're an Air Force Academy. I am. A guy. Back so in the day, a long time ago. <laughs> recent uh, radio show I did with, uh, with a fellow Air Force Academy guy. We got to joke around about the premier institution, right. uh, premier academy. So, um, But uh, I did a couple destroyer tours. <laughs> and then for the last decade or so, I've been focusing on data analytics uh, mm. for the Navy. Um, you know, and part of that... Uh, was what led me to really dig into you know, what these shots are uh, to mm -hmm. the issues. I really wanted to dig into the data. Uh, and it was frankly pretty alarming. Um, yeah. At the time, I was the XO of a security squadron, uh, about 650 folks total. Um, eventually led to, uh, to my being fired from that position uh, for standing up for my right to refuse EUA products. Right. So, um We'll dig into all this, but do you have information, just as a side, on the DMED data that was possibly possibly manipulated? Do you, do you know anything about that? I'm just curious. I do. I'm, I'm connected okay. to the DMED uh, doctors, um, and okay. while I was not involved uh, in any way in, in them pulling it out, we've all communicated a lot gotcha. uh, and have gotcha. shared resources and have tried to get information out to the public. Interesting. 
So tell us uh, how what went down with you. You went through kind of a, an ordeal with the Navy. Tell, tell us about that. Yeah, so um, it, it's probably it's probably best to start off with why we got here. I got some notes here yeah. to read off, sure. but, but sure. the, the how we got here, um, as early as February of 2020, uh, we have memos uh, from the Navy Surgeon General basically saying, I cannot mandate this vaccine without mm-hmm. presidential authority. So they know that they can't do this. Um, you know, he encouraged everybody to get vaccinated, but acknowledged that without this presidential waiver, I mm-hmm. can't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we know that they're all waiting for a fully authorized vaccine. So that finally comes uh, on the 23rd of August, 24th of August, you start seeing this cascade of orders, mm-hmm. uh, including the Secretary of Defense, his order to the service secretaries to begin vaccination programs, Fleet Forces Command on the 26th of August, SecNav on the 30th of August, ZNO on the 31st of August, and then finally on the 1st of September, uh, Commander of Pacific Fleet. Now, what's really interesting about the one from the Commander of Pacific Fleet, uh, now, almost all of these had language in there, you know, if it's an EUA product, it's voluntary for you to receive right. this vaccine, right? It's only fully authorized vaccines are you required to get, right? We, we see that in almost every one of these orders. Mm-hmm. The, the PAC Fleet one is interesting because he said, uh, we have decided that if you prefer to get a product of your choice, go ahead. Uh, but you will not delay getting the fully licensed product. So it's as wow. if they think they have this, uh, you know, a, a, a bay somewhere lined with these fully licensed products and that it's a bunch of holdouts looking for some specialty thing. Well, that is absolutely, as we know now, not the case. So what we think happened is that the DOD in laying out these orders thought they had or were shortly going to have the fully licensed product. Right. So that tell me about that. Before, yeah. So the, the BioNTech or Comor, whatever you call it, community, that's approved. But the Pfizer vaccine is still not approved. Am I correct about that? Uh, yeah. So that, that's you're, you're still correct. And, and we'll yeah. get to, you know, okay. we'll, we'll get to some of the nonsense that has occurred um, and, and how it's, I mean, it's basically become a cover up at this yeah. point. Yeah. Um, so so we'll, we'll certainly get to that. Uh, OK. But but it was it was, you know, shortly after this that I started filing complaints, started trying mm-hmm. to make sure that uh, that word about all of this uh, was at least given internally to the Navy. Um, you know, hey, there's there's a problem here. And oh, by the right. way, the data is showing already that these things are not safe and not effective. I probably filed I know, 17 different internal memos, complaints, uh, requests for, um, you know, the, our senior leaders to do something about this. Um, most of those were ignored. Um, or mm. responded with, you know, direct refusals. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of how it all started out for me, and that was uh, September, October, November timeframe of last year, of correct? this past year. Okay. So then you were telling me a story that, about driving to the parking lot and and working from <laughs> from your car because you weren't allowed into the building. Tell us about that. Yeah. So that uh, that was a, that was a little bit later in the story, uh-huh. you know, before I ultimately got fired. But um, you know, I. I, we discovered in the law that you have an absolute right to refuse mercy use authorized mm-hmm. products. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's un, under uh, uh, Title 21. It lays out that uh, r- these required conditions for an emergency use authorization, and one of those required conditions is to accept or refuse. Now right. later, later in that um, in that same law, it talks about additional conditions, and, and then that the service secretary. You know, he may 
give you those additional condi conditions, but he shall lay out the required conditions. And one of those required mm -hmm. conditions is to accept or refuse. So I, I actually mm -hmm. a, a side anecdote before we get to the, mm -hmm. the story uh, of being banned from my building. But uh, I was actually well, in the- I don't, wanna, I don't wanna skip around. If you have a se sequence you wanna go through, just yeah, go through it. So. <laughs> absolutely. No, that's fine. Um, but uh, I was actually in the room, in the courtroom for Lieutenant Mark Bashaw's court-martial. Uh, you know, there was a, a number of us that went down to show support and they wanted to hear mm -hmm. what the government had to say. Um, I think it was the very first court-martial over testing. He refused mm -hmm. masking mm -hmm. and testing, you know, in addition to the vaccine, uh, mm -hmm. which he has a right to do, an absolute right under law. And um, it, it was very interesting for us to hear the government's arguments. They completely glossed over major sections of the law. They didn't care anything about Title 42, which gives liability protection to everyone, mm -hmm. everybody from you know every government institution and entity and person uh, <clears throat> into industry, the CEOs of the pharmaceutical companies down to the technician injecting you know a product into an arm. Everyone is protected. Yeah. So who takes all the risk? It's the recipient. It's why we have Title Twenty One law, which protects potential recipients from emergency use products. Uh, and so it was very interesting to see the government, you know, gloss over, try to hide some of this stuff. Uh, and then the judge's ruling, uh, you know, essentially, I think his words were, oh, I believe the government's interpretation is correct. Um, wow. And and so, uh, you know, we're seeing at this point, you know, it's basically cover up. Um, so, you mm -hmm. know, back back to back to the, the parking lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, in my refusing testing, I'm a, I'm a healthy person. I actually have now demonstrated to the government, demonstrated to my bosses that I have natural immunity, mm -hmm. um, even though I never remember having COVID ever. Um, yeah. But I have a test to show that yes, I have natural immunity. Um, I, you know, hey, I'm not, I'm not going to take a COVID test. Um, it's discriminatory because we're only testing the unvaccinated, and we know right. even at that point that the vaccinated are getting it. Um, and I have uh, a religious belief that says, hey, I don't I don't go do medical treatments if they're not required. I'm not sick. Right. Um, and so uh, I refused testing. And so uh, they came out, you know, with a, a policy that I had I, I wasn't able to be inside any of the military installations, any of the buildings. So uh, and then and then my my senior leaders told me that, hey, I, I can't do my job if I'm not there and telework's not authorized. So I was driving to my building and hanging out in my car and enjoying the snow. So, wow. you know, I, I just and feel if, bad. And if, and if people had to come work with you, they had to come out in the snow and talk to you in the car. Yeah, that that's, I, I, I feel bad for the folks that had to do that. Um, but you know, ultimately, it's a small price to pay to, to stand up for what's right. Right. So because we saw and I'll, I'll share this with you, too. We, sure. We saw much more egregious stuff than that. We had families mm -hmm. that were refused PCS moves um, and held up in hotels for months on end. Mm -hmm. uh, I had one junior sailor I heard about, uh, who actually I spoke to after I heard about this, uh, I called him up and, and we had a conversation. Uh, and he had twin boys born, uh, religious beliefs that precluded him from getting a vaccine. And his twin boys were in the ICU, one of them needing multiple surgeries, including a heart surgery. Uh, his leadership, mm -hmm. Uh, came to him and basically threatened him with with dishonorable discharge and loss of medical benefits if he refused wow. the vaccine. So that level of coercion, that level of uh, leadership, unwilling to take care of a sailor with valid religious beliefs documented by the Navy um, is is unconscionable to me. So yeah, yeah it, for, for what I've had to go through, it's a very, very small price to pay 
um, for standing up for folks that don't have the same ability to defend themselves. So where do you stand now? What, what, what's your situation at the moment? So at, at the moment, um, I was uh, relieved of my duties as the executive officer uh, of mm -hmm. my unit. I was moved up up, up echelon, um, you know, where, where I, you know, check in every day with them, but I have no place yeah. to go. Uh, right. I'm not permitted uh, to come back into the buildings or anything. So uh, I, I hang out here. That's why I'm outside <laughs> talking to you right now. I've got, I'm the father of seven children. So oh, outstanding. Uh, trying to avoid the, the background noise. Oh, the birds are nice. So um, what else do you want to tell our audience? You mentioned you want to make sure that the, the military members that are you know, trying to decide what to do know what legal backup they have uh, in fighting this uh, mandate. Tell us yes. about that. So we are we are fighting a couple things. Um, mm -hmm. One one is a, a kind of a complete lawlessness um, in, in which the institution made a decision, mm -hmm. and based on the evidence, some of it I just laid out to you, it looks like they made a mistake. And rather than admitting to the mistake, they have apparently dug their heels in. So we saw shortly after that uh, one September order, uh, it was eight September when the secretary uh, or the um, the Surgeon General of the Navy, the one who I mentioned to you early on said, I, I can't mm -hmm. mandate this. Mm -hmm. He sent a memo saying, hey, they're interchangeable. They said that yeah. medically you can use the one for the other, you know, therefore, you know, we can mandate that. And that's what Admiral Grady, uh, U.S. Fleet Forces commander at the time, uh, used in order to say, hey, I'm going to mandate this to all of fleet forces. And oh, by right. the way, he was confirmed by the Senate as the vice chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff only three weeks after my complaint. Wow. So, uh, so they're digging their heels in, and at this point, you know, they know now interchangeability is not going to work. For a vaccine to be, you know, clinically interchangeable, they actually both have to be FDA approved. They mm. go through a specific. Really? They do. They go through a a specific process with the FDA, where you do mm. a biosimilar study with the the vaccine under investigation and the vaccine that has already been approved or, or the product under the investigation mm -hmm. of the product being approved. And then ultimately, once that study's uh, done, then they determine it's interchangeable. At that point, they make them both fully FDA approved and they're interchangeable. What we have is not, that's not the case. They're still pushing the EUA vaccines and they're keeping their liability protection. That's right, because, so they're, it's a bait and switch, basically they're saying, it's interchangeable, but Pfizer still has the uh, complete liability protection uh, yeah, legally. That's yeah. absolutely the case. So the, the next thing so, that, that we're seeing coming is, is a, uh, mm -hmm. uh, and, and this is within the last few days, but we're hearing rumors, we're seeing emails. Uh, they're attempting to bring the Pfizer BioNTech labeled community as the new thing. Mm -hmm. It's, oh, it's got these gray tops or it's got purple tops. Um, it doesn't matter. And this mm -hmm. is one of, this is where I wanted to get for any of your you know, service members that might be viewing mm -hmm. this. If it mm -hmm. does not have the NDC code on it, um, yeah. making sure that they have the right code. Uh, but if it doesn't have that code, if it doesn't have the license number, which is 2229, and it doesn't say community, and if it has anywhere on it thing that says emergency use authorized, you don't have to take it. So mm. make sure they show you the label. Make sure you, they show you the paperwork. You do not have to take it under law if any of those conditions are on that. Is that even available? Is the, is the approved one even available to some servicemen in certain areas? Because we had been told that it's not even available in the U.S. market. Do you know if it's, that's changed over the last few months? 
No, as far as we know, we have not been able to find it. You know, I, like I said, I am connected yeah. to many of those medical doctors that are that are fighting this right. with us, um, and we've got folks that are trying to. We got FOIAs everywhere trying to mm -hmm. dig this up. No one can find it. Um, th this whole the, the latest bait and switch, uh, the BLA compliance um, that that is not a thing actually under law. You know, we know that emergency use authorization or emergency use authorized vaccines are a thing. Uh, investigational drugs are a thing and fully licensed mm -hmm. drugs are a thing. BL BLA compliance is not a thing. That's something that apparently the government created, you know, via the Department of Justice in arguing in the courts, trying to find mm. some way to claim this is this is lawful. Yeah. Um, but it's it's not a thing. And oh, by the way, in order to get BLA compliance, you have to meet all those requirements that I just mentioned to you, including other things such as an FDA inspector being at the facility where it's you know approved. Um, right. At least to you know investigate and make sure that it's coming from there. There's there's other things that are required that they haven't done. So do you have a good handle? Um, because there's been a lot of lawsuits out there, and, and, and the Navy's been more active than most. It seems, although that some of the Air Force cases are out there as well. Where, where does the legal fight on this stand in your mind? Um, with you know re combining all the stuff that's been done so far. So that, I, I appreciate you that don't have to, you don't have to be perfect. Just Give me no, your guess. <laughs> I'm, I'm, inv I, I'm involved or connected to, you know, most of the major lawsuits that are out there. Uh -huh. um, and, and I can share uh, what we've done in the Navy. We've mm -hmm. we've had a little bit more success. But I think, frankly, it's because of the way the Navy set up their response to the COVID vaccination program. Mm -hmm. um, they consolidated all of the religious accommodation requests that, you know, they flow to one person, one office. Um, mm. And that's the, the personnel command uh, who's... Um, uh, this commander, uh, it's uh, the commander's uh, Vice Admiral Knoll, um, mm -hmm. and his staff created a standard operating procedure for how to adjudicate them. So we got that document from a whistleblower, and in it, it clearly lays out how they're violating law, military regulation, um, in order to basically reject every single one of the religious accommodation requests. So we got wow. that. We got that to one of the federal courts, um, and ultimately for the Navy. It was the key piece of evidence that helped win uh, the, the class-wide injunction for those who put mm -hmm. in religious accommodations. So we're seeing some victories on the religious accommodation side. Um, we are hoping to see some movement for the other services very mm -hmm. soon. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're connected with a couple cases that have a great chance. Um, but again, they they did the Navy provided that evidence. Um, you know, did the unlawfulness. And so yeah. it made it a little bit easier for us to to show the federal courts why it needs to be stopped. So we've done, I don't know, 200 interviews with vaccine injured, with medical professionals all over the world, from Australia to the Middle East. Um, and this is a global problem. Um, and, and the injuries are real and, and, and they're not rare at all. They're actually pretty prevalent. So what do you hear in the DOD about vaccine injuries and, or do you hear anything? And, and also we mentioned the DMED data. Um, what are you hearing on that? Um, what's the latest there? Do you know? Unfortunately, it's mm. not a lot of good news. Um, mm -hmm. we, we still are hearing the safe and effective, um, you know, parrot everywhere mm -hmm. we go. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, it's anything that does not align with uh, the provided narrative is basically yeah. being rejected. Yeah. So, they're not talking about, you know, I think Naomi Wolf on uh, on another show on War Room had said there's like 8,000 
deformed baby or malformations of, of infants in, in, in the Navy or in the U or the DOD, which is significantly more than, uh, than, you know, was stated earlier in the last few years. And also with other myocarditis and, and tachycardias and all that kind of stuff is, is massively increased due to the vaccines. So let's talk about what you think this is. You know, I have my theories. Why do you think this is being pushed from a guy who's been on the receiving end of the, of the, of the push? So um, it's, it's interesting. Uh, mm -hmm. I think we're seeing a, um, I mean, it's, it's lawlessness, but it, mm -hmm. it's rule of power mm -hmm. is what mm -hmm. it is. And it's, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's an intention to control uh, and, yeah. and force a, a new era of lawlessness on us. I'm not, I'm not sure, you know, what the goal is for the services. I know they want to purge uh, yeah. those with, you know, conscientious objections to the, mm -hmm. to the general movement out of the service. Um, we're hoping to stop that. We want to turn this around. Mm -hmm. um, we want to we want to get back to following the Constitution uh, right. and following the law. Uh, and and so, you know, it, I would I would encourage everybody that that hears this, uh, everybody that's watching you and follows you to, you know, stand up. Uh, you yeah, know, it's, it's a it's a pandemic of fear, and and frankly, saying no is okay. And oh, by the way, service members, uh, you know, we have the evidence that you have legal the legal right to say no to EUA products. So yeah. execute that right if you want. If you voluntarily accept a product, um, that that's tough. And you know, se senior leaders out there that are coercing it, it's going to be tough to hold them accountable. Um, so and unless you can prove some kind of fraud or whatever, um, but that that's a whole other issue. Um, where do you think? Uh, how is this hurting readiness in the services? I know the Air Force is losing like six hundred pilots. What about the Navy? Are you seeing an impact on you know? Maybe it's CRT and, and less emphasis on training and also the vaccines. But what are you seeing in readiness in the U.S. Navy as we look for a conflict possibly in the South China Sea? Well, just the impact on and manpower has, has been mm -hmm. pretty massive. You know, everybody mm -hmm. I, I've talked to um, is, hey, I, I really wouldn't recommend my children join the service right now. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it's not like we're going to be, uh, you know, this is going to be over and then we'll get back to normal really quick. Mm -hmm. No, th this mm -hmm. is going to have generational impacts on the future of the services. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think they're, uh, which was intended, obviously, you know, I, I'm by someone, yeah. um, you know, I, I don't want to, uh, I, I don't want to speculate on the intentions of, of anybody in my chain of command. <laughs> um, but, uh, but cert certainly, uh, someone somewhere ha has, uh, has a bone to pick with, with our country and, and wants mm -hmm. to try to take us down. Um, we're seeing it in manpower readiness. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, the Navy and all the services are unable to meet recruiting quotas. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're seeing, I mean, just the reserve force. I just saw this yesterday. The reserve force is now offering bonuses to every active duty member. Uh, mm -hmm. No matter, I, I think it's no matter their rate uh, mm -hmm. that's transitioning to try to keep them in the reserves. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I've, I've never remember seeing anything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we used to go after, you know, specialty rates often but this is you know this is new this is unique do you think if we have a change in leadership that some of these people that like yourself that have been pushed out would they come back or what, i certainly hope thought? so um yeah I, i've i've talked to i've talked to most of them i feel like at this point um and uh and unfortunately at, at the 06 level many of them are taking the retirement rather than yeah. to stay in and fight yeah. um and so that's that's too bad but I, i'm just i am grateful for those 06s that that are you know, aligned with us that are going to help as soon as their retirements mm -hmm. hit. 
mm-hmm. um, because we haven't seen a lot of that from from flag officers. So, yeah, it's my opinion that uh, you know military officers in this country are the one group that needs to stand up, and especially academy grads. I mean, we were trained for leadership. I mean, we have to take the risk, and and if it's not going to be us, who's it going to be? You know, I mean, so. Uh, do you think military officers who are complicit in this uh, and not even, you know, saying no to their senior leadership or not even voicing any objections should be held accountable? At some point? Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's not my place uh, at this point as uh, mm-hmm. I'm not in command, so I don't have the authority mm-hmm. over anyone in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, I can only speak for myself and, and I can tell you that I did say no and yeah. I, I will not pass down unlawful orders. These are right. I mean, there's not questionable. This is not one of those things that, um, you know, they'll argue that an order is presumed lawful until you adjudicate it in a court. Well, the manual for court martial actually it it discusses in there how, you know, that's the case unless it's a statutory violation of law or the Constitution. Well, we just demonstrated it's a violation of the law. And it's certainly the religious uh, discrimination is a violation of the Constitution. So, uh, you know, we've got to say no. We've got to stand up and we've got to try to try to win our country back from this pandemic of, of fear and the rule of power. Definitely. Where can people find out about you and follow you and, and help your efforts and uh, anything you want to get out, social media, websites, anything like that? I, I, I try to keep my, my social media footprint as low as possible. Um, right. I, I am I am working with uh, the Truth for Health Foundation. Uh, they okay. do a lot of great work. Um, I, okay. I've done a couple appearances uh, for them, uh, and, and also uh, there's a new five hundred one or five hundred C three nineteen, five hundred C nineteen. I think okay. that okay. Uh, uh, it's it's America's Veteran Party, established by uh, by many of us that are uh, that are in this um, in this fight. Um, the founder, uh, Dr. Grant Smith. Uh, Interesting. Is doing is doing great work. He's starting to publish a lot of stuff, um, and so both of those organizations are 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 doing a great job uh, on this, as well as anything. I, you know, I, I saw your article the other day about the Air Force Academy, and, and really enjoyed yeah, that. And I have spread that vo- everywhere I could. I've been pretty vocal on that issue. Um, so, anything else you want our viewers to know? Uh, you know, take courage. Um, you know, the only way to to win this country back is is to turn back to God uh, and to yeah. follow your oath that you swore to uphold and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. I think we're going to be in for an American century once we get past this, but uh, we've got a tough year or two ahead of us. But uh, people do need to stand up. That's what's most important in my mind at this point. Rob, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you uh, coming on, telling your story. I know it uh, puts you at risk at some point, but uh, like you said, we all got to take some risks. So thank you for coming on. Yeah, Todd, thank you very much. You know, I answer to God ultimately, eventually, and uh, the, the risk is totally worth doing the right thing. So thank you.